Today's message has been brought to you by Faith Family Church in Billings, Montana. For more information, visit faithfamilybillings.com. We're going to begin tonight uh, in 1 John chapter 2, but you go to 2 Peter chapter 1, because I like to start way back in the Bible and then eventually get to where I'm going. No, I just want to bring out some things here before we get into 1 John chapter 2. We're doing verse by verse through 1 John, and we all know that can take a while. But by the time you're done, you'll have a good foundation. Amen? Um, You never want to get in a hurry when it comes to uh, knowing the word and knowing uh, what God's speaking. Uh, because steadiness and stableness, and I used to, you know, you can't force understanding and revelation. How many have noticed that? It just takes time. So in other words, God is not a drive-through. Now, I mean, you can go, sometimes we'll go through McDonald's or something, and they're like, are, are you using your app today? I'm like, I'm in the drive-through. If I was using my app, I would have, but I guess there's some system. I don't know. I didn't even know there was an app, but how could you make the drive-thru any faster? You know, but they're working on it. So instead of one drive-thru now in America, we have to have two for every restaurant because people are so, you know, in a hurry or whatever. But God's not that way. You have to wait on him. You have to take time. You have to be patient. You know what I mean? And and, uh, this is the wonderful thing about the Lord is he'll actually show you what you need to know next when you learned what you did first, what you were supposed to first. And sometimes we think, oh, I don't want it to be that way. It's just that way. Well, I'm not going to believe for that. Go ahead. It'll still be that way. You cannot believe for something that God is contrary to what God is giving you. It has to follow his pattern, his way. How many realize this? He's God. How many realize there's no openings in the Trinity? They're not taking applications. You know what I mean? I'd like to apply for the fourth part of the Godhead. Nope, you can't. People try to do it all the time, but you can't do it. You, you have to just receive what he has said because he's Lord and then follow him, amen, and do it his way. And uh, thankfully, we have his word. And what I've found is uh, sometimes, especially with God, it seems like things can start out slow, but boy, the more you learn the faster it can accelerate as you continue to to walk with him and uh, walk in obedience to him. So in chapter one, we dove into the importance of having our doctrine in line with the written word of God. First John was written to deal with the false doctrine of Gnosticism. These doctrines are still around. Nothing has changed, okay? They're still around. They have different names sometimes, but they're all, all of them are still around. How many know all the pagan gods are still around? They just have, they have different names, but they're all still around. They're all still here and all still functioning because the demons are still here. The devil is still uh, ruling the planet, all right? He's the prince of the, of the area here. So uh, as long as that's the case, there's going to be false and lies and those things uh, uh, in operation. So in chapter 1, we have the Holy Spirit through the Apostle John speaking to us about Jesus' deity and humanity. For our study, chapter 1 led us down the path of knowing our salvation through faith in Christ and understanding that if we do sin, we have forgiveness through Jesus Christ. We saw that we do not lose our salvation every time we sin. Somebody say, thank God. I mean, you can imagine, there are people that actually believe this. They believe that if they sin, they have to go get saved again. No. What kind of salvation is that? You know, you, could, you need to go ask for forgiveness, but you didn't lose your righteousness. Amen? Um, apparently, you're, you're tweaking my voice here, huh? Or my microphone, not my voice. That would be interesting. <laughs> okay, so bear with him. He's working on it. All right, so we don't have to get saved again. We saw that um, that, that is the case, that we don't lose our salvation. Um, every time we sin, and that the closer we walk with God, the less we will sin. How many are thankful for that? You know, a lot of times, uh, especially new believers and, you know, others as well, a lot of times they don't even realize they're doing what they're doing. And you know you're held accountable for what you know. You're not held accountable for what you 
don't know. Now, it seems like sometimes people are trying to know nothing. And that's not good either. But God's not going to hold you accountable for something you don't know. Amen? And we're going we're gonna to continue to look at some of these things, but it's, it's so good. So the book of 1 John is about walking with God or maturing in Christ. The last three sessions that we did, we talked about a reprobate or apostate or the unpardonable sin. And all those messages are available on the website if you want to go back through that. So today we'll begin 1 John chapter 2. 1 John chapter 2 through the rest of the book is all about experiential sanctification or growing up spiritually, which is most of the epistles. That's the majority of what's addressed in the epistles. Paul or John or whoever is writing to churches saying, stop doing that and do this. And it's not just actions. What they're saying is, is you have a new nature and your new nature doesn't act like that. But your head needs to get lined up with your heart and your body needs to be enslaved to righteousness. How many have noticed, that those of you that have a body in here, that it doesn't want to do the right thing all the time? Amen? It doesn't. But you, you get to control that, that pile of meat and bones you're carrying around. All right? That's your job. Now, the nice thing is, according to Romans uh, chapter 8, we have empowerment from the Holy Spirit to dominate the desires of the flesh. So you're not just doing, it's not just willpower, it's Holy Spirit power that gives you the ability to overcome the deeds of the flesh. You know, sometimes people say, well, I just can't overcome this. Well, in and of yourself, you're right. But you're not just by yourself, are you? You have the Lord with you and in you. You have the Holy Spirit in you. So you can overcome, amen? So we saw... Um, in 1 John 1, 9, that when a Christian misses the mark or sins, they can get back up again and be cleansed of unrighteousness and continue walking with God to greater and greater levels of maturity. Knowledge of the truth with application of that truth to our lives advances us in spiritual maturity, and sin, on the other side, hinders our development. That's what it does. It hinders our development. So in any area of our life where we we're, keep missing the mark in that area, you, you hinder the development there. So what's the key to stop the hindrance? Obedience. Now, it's knowledge first, because how many know you're not going to obey if you don't know? So you've got to have understanding first. Then from that place of understanding, we know from uh, the book of Romans that faith comes by Hearing and hearing by the word of God. And really, that word is hearing by the word of Christ. Or you could say Christ. Who is Christ? What does Christ mean? It means the anointed one and his anointing. So what is the thing that removes burdens? It's the anointing. Okay? So even in our lives, spiritual development is not just a willpower thing. I'm not just deciding to walk in love and I'm going to grit my teeth and love people anyway. That's all flesh. You actually have the ability within you because you're born again to love people the way God does. And then you also have an empowerment to control your mouth. Amen. There's lots of people that wants to control everybody else's mouth. Right? But you actually have the ability in Christ, if you're born again, to control your own mouth. Now, I'm not saying you're not going to feel contrary to what love is in your flesh, because you will. And that's obviously where you need to enslave your flesh to do the right thing. That means you can smile and say, you know what? I love you, but I got to go somewhere else right now. <laughs> if you need to. Because you have the love of God within you. Amen? All right. So 2 Peter chapter 5, or chapter 1, sorry, verse 5. 2 Peter, 2 Peter chapter 1, verse number 5. Not 2 Peter. <laughs> it's easy for you to say. <laughs> 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 5. So knowledge of the truth with application of that truth advances us in spiritual maturity. 2 Peter chapter 1, verse number 5 says, But also, for this very reason, giving all diligence, add to your faith virtue, to virtue knowledge, to knowledge self-control, 
to self-control, perseverance. To perseverance, godliness. Now verse 7, to godliness, brotherly kindness. And to brotherly kindness, love. And that word love there is agape. Agape love is the pinnacle of the Christian life. It is the pinnacle of the Christian life concerning maturity. This is a love that is based on your character, not on the character of the one you are loving. Aren't you glad that God loves us based on his nature, not based on how we act? Ooh, we'd be in trouble. <laughs> we would be in trouble. A agape love, 1 Corinthians 13, 4 through 8, is the mark of perfection. Now watch, it's the mark of maturity in a believer. People say, and you know, we're, because we got charismatic, Pentecostal background, we got all sorts of backgrounds. But in our circles, people think, oh no, the mark of true anointing and, and maturity and fullness is Christ, in Christ is being able to lay hands on the sick and watch them recover, being able to cast out a devil, being able to do all these different things. Nope, actually, any old baby Christian can do that. I mean, baby, baby. Like they can have stinky pampers and still lay hands on somebody and they can be healed. But a mature believer will love those who hate them, will bless those who curse them, and will pray for those who despitefully use them. Amen. And if you want, if, if real power is going to manifest on the other side, it comes through maturity on that side. Amen? And so, and so that's something that we need to be aware of. And so this is, all goes in with sanctification and heading into uh, 1 John chapter 2. But love is the biggest thing. Now watch this. Verse 8 says, For if these things are yours and abound, you will be neither barren nor unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. People say, oh no, I need to have a vision from heaven. No, no. Go back up. You need to uh, have brotherly kindness with love. You need to have perseverance with godliness. You need to have knowledge with self-control. You need to have virtue with knowledge. You need to have faith with virtue. You need to have diligence. And that will cause you to be fruitful. Amen. Okay? And people say, well, are you against those type of things? No, we just turn... Uh, we, as, as just as is in a natural sense, as a, as a human, or even somebody full of zeal and young in the Lord, our desire is for the spectacular. We would lean heavy toward that. I'd like every service to be like the Saturday night service at the church here with Leanne. We would never grow up. <laughs> you notice what the word was to the church. The Lord spoke to her and said, can you tell they've grown? Well, if she would have been, because she was, the last time she was here was two years ago, I think. A year and a half, something like that, yeah. Well, for all that time, we would have just had meetings like that. She would have come here and rebuked us. Or the Lord would have through her. Y'all didn't grow at all. What are you doing? We're waiting for somebody, you know, to lay hands on it. Listen, you can go bald with somebody laying hands on your head, and you'll never grow up spiritually. you got to walk in love. I've got to walk in love. This is not an unreasonable request because Romans chapter 5, verse number 5 says what? The love of God is shed abroad in my heart by the Holy Ghost. Amen. And the mandate for maturity is on every believer. Because the standard has been set, and the standard is not the person sitting next to you. It is the Lord Jesus Christ himself. And we have been empowered, thank God, to love the way he loves. Amen? And so we, we, we purpose to grow around here. We don't play around with it. We don't patty cake Christians along down the path and go, oh, you'll make it. Bless your little darling heart. And, you know, Brother Hagin used to say stupid head. But anyway... <laughs> but we, we demand, and here's the reason why. How many know every good parent wants their kid to be successful, right? Has God any different? No. So he treats us with love, but he disciplines us as well. 
It's how I know I'm not a fatherless child. Amen. That's what the scripture says. I'm not fatherless. What does that mean? That means sometimes God gets in the middle of me and goes, we're going out to the woodshed, boy. Yeah, but Lord, I didn't. No, no, no excuses. You just come. You know, he'll say things to me like, you don't let your son get, give, you don't give your son any chance for excuse if he knows better. <sighs> but that's because I'm a good dad. You know, you <laughs> learn from the best. All right, so. Now watch this, verse 8 again. For if these things are yours and abound, you will neither be barren nor unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. Notice knowledge again. Verse 9. For he who lacks these things is what? Short-sighted even to and has that, what it, that, that he was cleansed from his old sins. So let me ask you something. Are you abounding in those things? Because if you're not or if I'm not, then what has happened? I've become short Sighted to, I thought I was a Christian though. I, I thought I had eyes to see. Now, it's not saying we lost our salvation. That's not the issue at all. It's that we're now walking over into dark thinking. How many know that you can be, have light on the inside of you in Christ and still have dark thinking? How many know this? If you're blind, it's hard to what? <laughs> yeah, that's right. I don't know why I keep stumbling over this thing. You're not seeing it right. Now, that could be because of a lack of discipline. It could be a lack of a myriad of things. Sometimes it's a simple thing of, well, you're just, you still have unforgiveness or bitterness towards so-and-so. And it's blinding you in that area, and you just keep running into that thing over and over again where you just need to take care of it, get it done, and move on with your life. And then you'll stop tripping over the thing you keep tripping. How many have tripped over a sin? Thank God 70 times 7 we can be forgiven. Now, that's in one day. I don't know many people that are sinning that much, 490 times, the same sin in one day. Okay? And now, if you are, I don't even know what to say. I don't even know if there's utterance for that. You know, I, but I will say this. Praise God, there's forgiveness. Amen. You know? Lord, I cussed out the neighbor again. I did it. I did it. And he's going, well, that was the 49th time. <laughs> I didn't say the neighbor heard you. Okay, I'll move on. So, <laughs> thank God there's forgiveness. But if, you've, if, if you've, you, you're forgetting what you're cleansed from, if I'm not walking in righteousness, what am I walking in? Flesh, right? Which is unrighteousness or sin or just natural things, I've forgotten something. I'm not remembering something. What am I not remembering? That I was cleansed. What does that mean? That just doesn't mean I was just forgiven. That means I was given a new nature. When I know my new nature, I won't participate with the old nature. You know, we do this. I've talked about this before. I watch Christians do it. I watch new Christians do it a lot. I have through the years. They are in horrible positions in their life. And they're desperate for God to move. And God meets them. And they're on fire for about two or three weeks, maybe a month. And then they go back into what they just got out of. Because it's more familiar to them. Short-sightedness. Blindness. It takes time to develop. But, you know, it, it, it's the nature of humanity to do that. Think about the children of Israel. What did they say after they got, they, they're whining, God, why'd you leave us in Egypt? Why? I, this is horrible. And then they get them out. He gets them out. And then they get out in the desert. And what do they do? God, well, I'm going to go back. You want to go back? I mean, they saw miracle after miracle. The Egyptians were so done with them, they were paying them to leave. You think I'm joking? Go back and read it. They were handing them money going, get out of here. How much gas money do you need? Just forget it. Here's the inheritance. Get out of here. 
And then they get over into the, pro or into the desert, and it isn't going just the way they thought it should have, and a bunch of that was their own fault. Well, all of it. <laughs> and then they go, I want to go back to where I was. Yeah, but you just cried about where you were. And guess what we're, we're seeing right here? The nature of humanity. The nature of the flesh, believers. If you're a believer, it's the nature of your flesh to go, well, you know, I remember when. The good old days. What are the good old days? The scripture says that, if it, that the path of the just is like the rising of the sun. It shines ever brighter unto the perfect day. So I'm not living in the good old days. I'm headed to the perfect day. And it's ever brighter along the way, which means the goodness of God is out there. It's not back there. See, I'm not a quitter. I don't quit. I don't turn around. People say, what are you going to do in 20 years? Whatever Jesus is doing, that's what I'm doing. Hopefully the rapture. <laughs> I'm good with that. But until then, I'll just soldier up and keep going with the Lord. Why? Because my path is getting brighter and brighter and brighter. Why? Because I'm walking in more light, more light, more light. Amen. Therefore, brethren, be even more diligent to make your calling and election sure. For if you do these things, you will never... <laughs> what? If you do these things, you will never stumble? Talk about life goals. You know, most people are worried about retirement. Just do this list. And you'll never stumble. Whoo! That's a promise. I wonder if God could, could fulfill that with somebody who was disciplined and diligent to stay focused on him. Wow, that gets me more excited than almost, I mean, just the promises of God are awesome, but that stuff, these verses just make me, they just stir my heart. Verse 11 says, For so an entrance will be supplied to you abundantly into the ever, ever, everlasting kingdom of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. I, I wrote this down. I was telling Heidi about this before. Uh, today the Lord was dealing with me about this. He said to me, he said, many times, many times as believers... We get things out of order in our lives. The longer I walk with the Lord, the more I realize this in my own life. Because of spiritual immaturity, we can put more emphasis on something that the Lord puts little emphasis on. We can end up putting God's things in, um, in level of importance based on our natural desires and understanding. This is how we get out of balance. We function in our relationship with the Lord based on our need rather than fellowship and his leading. This is what we're talking about on Sundays in Proverbs 3. From the passage we just read, where does the Holy Spirit put emphasis? Spiritual maturity, not natural things. An example of this is Proverbs 3 verse 13 says this, Happy is the man who finds wisdom. You know, I just am not happy. I just need a different spouse. I'm not happy. No, happy is the man who finds, oh, wisdom. Let, let's, let's dig into this one. I can feel an anointing coming on concerning this. This is going to be a lot of fun. And we're going to hear about this again in a couple of weeks on Sundays. It's going to be great. It's helping us. And the man, happy is the man who finds wisdom and the man who gains understanding. Verse 14, for her proceeds are better than the profits of what? And her gain than not just gold, fine gold. Verse 15, she is more precious than, and all the things we may desire, cannot compare with her. I wonder if we found wisdom when we still desire those other things more than wisdom. Now watch this. I love this. Verse 16, length of days is in her right hand and in her left hand are what? 
riches and honor. Her ways are ways of pleasantness, and all her paths are peace. I just need more peace in my life, and if I had some fine gold, I'd have more peace. Oh, I know, I know, I know, I know. If I handed you, in, if I had in one hand wisdom and understanding, and in the other hand silver, gold, and rubies, which would you take? Now, you know the answer, but I'm not asking you to give me the answer because I told you. I want you to analyze yourself and I'll analyze myself and go, Lord, which would I actually go for? You can only pick one. <laughs> and if you pick the right one, the other one will come. But if you pick the wrong one, the opposite will produce in your life, even though you have silver, gold, and rubies, you won't have happiness, peace, or length of days, or honor. See, people, I've done this myself. Drive toward trying to provide something, a living for my family. And God says, my way is to get wisdom first. Have you ever done, have you ever looked up uh, what happens to people who win the lottery? Most of them completely fall apart and go broke even, that, even though they had hundreds of millions of dollars. They are wisdomless people with money. See, we do this in our spiritual life. Now, I just read to you, we put priority on things. My God shall supply all my need, all my need, according to his riches and glory. Lord, what I need, what I need is I need a better job. I need a better job. And the Lord's saying, no, you need wisdom. If you have God's wisdom, he can take your minimum wage job and make you, by the time you're done, full of riches, honor, and length of days. You know, they've done studies with uh, people working and stuff like that, having jobs, being steady, not necessarily becoming, you know, a, a millionaire in a, in a young, at a young age and stuff like that, people progressing. Do you know that most people make the majority of their money in their later years before retirement? And yet young people will work their fingers to the bone trying to be way down there. And then by the time they get to there, they're wore out. They don't have length of days. Now, spiritual maturity is placed way up here with God. Do you know what natural things, where they're placed with God? Way down here. I'm not saying he doesn't take care of them. The promises are there, but the order is different than what we would do. It's different. I remember Brother Hagen sharing with us and down at Ramah. Um, he was talking about when he first started out in ministry. And uh, some of the things that were going on. So he was in the depression, or at least toward the end of it, along the process there. And then he came out of some things. The country was doing better. And he was still pastoring and ministering. I think he was in the Assemblies of God is what it was at the time. And they went to minister at this one place or they went to a minister's conference, something like that. And a lot of the pastors in that area had actually given up. They didn't give up their churches, but they had, uh, some of them given up their churches. The oil fields had started booming. And so all these men were getting offered jobs and they were making good money. 
And so they were at some sort of conference or something like that, and these pastors' wives, because these ministers or former ministers had taken on other jobs instead of just pastoring or had quit their pastorates to go work in the oil field, they were making a lot of money, and so their wives had nice clothes and you know mink jackets and fur coats, whatever they had back then. They still have them today, but I just don't see a lot of them around, at least not in Montana. And so his wife, they went back to the hotel, and him and his wife were the place where they were staying, and his wife was kind of feeling bad because she didn't have any of these things because they just were not prosperous financially. He'd been in the ministry for years, and they just hadn't grown financially like that. They hadn't increased. And so he was, you know, kind of loving on her, consoling her, and saying, you know, and just talking to her about it. And he said this. He said, honey, just stick with me. He said, I'm staying in the anointing. I'm staying in the call of God. And he said, God will do what he promised in his word. God will prosper us. And so oftentimes, people will see something short-sighted, and they'll miss the anointing. When other people are, are, are running after this and running after that and trying to fulfill something before the time or trying to uh, uh, draw something to themselves in their own power and the Holy Spirit is saying, stay in the anointing, stay in the call, stay in conjunction with me. Don't run to the left, don't run to the right. Focus on me, gain wisdom, gain understanding, do it my way and I, the blessing of the Lord makes rich, but he adds no sorrow with it. People say, well, is it too late for me? It's never too late. It's never too late. People say, well, you know, you have to have 30 years and you have to start investing at this time in order to get to where, you know, all that stuff. And God never said that. I'm not saying don't, you understand what I'm saying? I'm saying, where's your, where's, your, where's your discipline? Is it toward the Lord or is it toward natural things? I would rather have a revelation from heaven than a new car. You know why? You know what I figured out about new cars? They become old cars. How many of you ever had a good new car? You got a new car before, and you're like, when you were excited about it. And then maybe a year later, you're like, yeah, maybe I need a different car. <laughs> a revelation from God never wears out. Never wears out. Never, a wisdom and understanding has value that far surpasses rubies, silver, and fine gold. We're headed to another political season. Everybody's going to jump in. Pretty soon, the people are going to be announcing their candidacy right after the first president, right after the president gets inaugurated. I'm running in 2028. I'll be, you know, and I'm gonna, they're going to start campaigning. All pursuits of man, dreams of being the man or the woman, or today it could be anything. <laughs> Pick. <laughs> Running after things that will amount to nothing. I like football. I do. I really like football. I like sports. <clears throat> I don't love them, but I like them. If I can catch the Seahawks game, I will watch it. Most of the time, I just catch highlights. And... Uh, I'll watch it. And sometimes, you know, you're watching a sports channel or something like that. You're hearing what they're saying. They're going back, you know, all this stuff. But then every once in a while, they get on the Hall of Famers. You ever seen that? They're enshrined in the Hall, enshrined in the hall of Fame. 
And these, these guys will make statements. Because you can go to, I think it's in Ohio, and see this. And there's all these busts of their heads, these different Hall of Famers. And these guys will make statements like, my, you know, I, this has been a dream of mine. I've worked toward this for my whole life. And, uh, and now my, 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 uh, my, my name and this bust is forever enshrined. And I laugh inside every time. Everybody will be able to, you know, go to this place and see that I accomplished this after I'm gone, after I'm dead. What pipe dream are people, you, they do realize, they, they know we do archaeological digs, right? And you say, why are you thinking like this? Because I think eternal. I don't think temporal. Do you know why what I do here on earth will be forever enshrined? Because it's his work. And he can never die. And I'm in him. And I can never die. And I don't even want to be in the hall of fame in heaven. I just want to be with him doing whatever he's doing. Because that's where true honor is. How many, how glorious is Egypt today? How many pharaohs are forever ruling today? Zero. None of us in here are concerned that Pharaoh and his army are going to come to our house tonight. And what are we going to do? Why? But they thought they were going to. What are we chasing? What are we after? Eternal things? Wisdom from heaven? How we walk on a daily basis? I get amused sometimes. I got four minutes. You're good. I get amused sometimes. I want to thoroughly crush this just so we can have it in, in perspective of everything else. I get amused sometimes on all the books on what success is that come out of the church. It humors me. And there's truths there. There's good truths there. You know, people think, people think, well, if you have a church of such and such amount... You're a success. What if God called you to pastor 25? And you have 600. You're actually in disobedience. I know people, I, this, is a, this was years ago we did a, a book. What was that, John? Driven by Eternity. Yep. Mark did it, uh, and he taught from it. And, and one of the things John Bevere brings out in that is a gentleman who went to heaven and he was a pastor or a missionary. I can't remember what it was, but it was in the ministry. And he got to heaven and he realized he made heaven, but his reward wasn't what he thought it was supposed to be. Because he, he loved God and he had given himself to this call and he thought, I'm doing the will of God. And the Lord told him, basically said to him, that you did that, but that wasn't my call for you. I, had, I called you to be an accountant. In other words, I better know, I better pursue, I better run after wisdom and understanding and knowledge. I better look toward spiritual maturity before I look toward church programs. I better look to spiritual maturity and development and what God has for me more than the immediate needs in front of me. Well, Lord, I need gold. I need silver. I need rubies. And he's saying, you know, you know, Sean, the weightier stuff is over here. It's not in these natural things. And people say, yeah, but I need those things. And God said, you know, if a man doesn't work, he shouldn't eat. And, and you know, the Bible says that, 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 that God will supply my need, that he'll provide for me natural things. And God actually said in Matthew chapter 6 that you're to seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And then all these things will be added. Or I could just add them to myself 
and then spit the promises over the top of it and act like God led me in it. Oh, I remember now. I remember now. We're on Wednesday night, not Sunday morning. We're in the mature group that should be able to go, yeah, I take that. Now, after you dive into wisdom... And after you accumulate and these things are being added to you, the other stuff will fall into your lap. What's more important, your, re your retirement or your marriage? Come on, what's more important in God's eyes? Your vacation or your kids' spiritual maturity? What's more important in God's eyes? A new house or your family being and your kids and everything being launched into the trajectory that they're supposed to be? What's more important? Your career? My desires, my needs, my Lord, I need, I need. My name's Jimmy. I'll take all you'll give me. I needed to have you laugh because some of you looking at me like you're going to, you know, pull out a gun or something, you know. I know you're thinking. I get it. We don't hand out rocks before you come in on purpose because, you know, I think, you know, that's the danger of preaching on the street. There's rocks everywhere, you know. <laughs> What's more important? People say, well, I need my deliverance from this, or I need my healing in this area, or I need this, or I need this addiction to break in my life, or I got to, okay, where's the answer, though? Is the answer in something trivial and short-term, or is it in digging and receiving wisdom and understanding? And the gain, I'm, I'm going to finish this, t this morning this way, or this morning, this evening, this way, I was back on Sunday. <clears throat> this evening, this way, I want to say this. He who finds wisdom, gains understanding. The Lord says this. Wisdom and understanding have proceeds that are better than the profits of silver. They have gain that is better than fine gold. They, have, they are more precious. Wisdom and understanding are more precious than rubies. But to a natural thinker, nope. No, it's not that way. Well, if I had money, then it would solve all my problems. If you don't have wisdom and understanding, it will multiply your problems. Wisdom and understanding are... Can't are are they're 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 you they're not even comparable to anything else you or I would desire. Now what I mean by that is, is our desires aren't even comparable to wisdom and understanding. It's not even comparable. But what do we go after? Our desires. You say you didn't even get into First John chapter two. I know it's normal for us, <laughs> but we. <laughs> Well, I need length of days. I need riches and honor. I want my life to be pleasant. I need paths of peace, and I'm just not happy. I'm just, I'm not happy. I just don't have happiness in my life. And if my kids would listen to me more, I'd have more happiness. If, if my boss wasn't the way that he or she is, then I would have happiness. If, if my spouse wasn't the way they are, then, then I would have happiness. If, if, if my circumstances would change, if I had more money in my account, then I could sleep better at night. 
If then, then once finally, when I have reached this much money, then I can go ahead and do what God has asked me to do because then I won't have to think about all these bills. And you say, why do you bring that up? Because I have many friends that were called to the ministry and went to Bible college and are still not in it because they have not reached that pinnacle of financial freedom to be able to serve God because God needs you to make you free so that he can use you. Wrong. I will never follow that path. I would rather have, I would rather have revelation from heaven and leave this life broke in the world's eyes than get all the way to the end of my life, stand before the Lord and have him go, you made it. You know, people say, I want to stand before the Lord and hear, well done. My concern always is, and it's a healthy concern, it's a reverential thing. I don't want to get to heaven and have the Lord say, well, <laughs> yeah, I stopped on purpose. You're done. <laughs> In other words, I want to know him first. You know what I love about Abraham? He's a faith man, right? He was such a faith man. He stood and his wife, for well, partly by himself for a while, but they stood together eventually 25 years and what did they have? Isaac. Do you know what I love about Abraham? Abraham believed God, received the promise. And God said, give me the promise. And he woke up early the next morning to give the promise back. Now that is faith. That is is love. That is devotion. That is God, my wife's not first, my husband's not first, my kids are not first. You are first. I'd rather have that than anything else. Because there is nothing in this life greater than him. This life is but a vapor. It's here today, gone tomorrow. The Message Bible says, it's like your breath in, in the cold. Have you ever done that? And then it's gone. That's what this life is. So let's pursue something of weight, preciousness. Let's adjust our schedules to give God more time. Let's adjust our conversation to the wisdom and understanding of heaven so that we allow it out of us every day. Knowing that what? He loves us unconditionally. So we can love him with all of our being because that's how he loves us. God's not mad at us because we didn't do it right. He's saying, come closer. The satisfaction we're looking for is not in this life. It's outside the realm of the natural. It's in the spirit where the Lord is. And he is high and lifted up. And he is seated on his throne. And everybody will have a day, at least one, before that throne. But for me, I want to live there. So he gets everything of me. More and more, every year, every year, every year. Greater, greater. You can have it all. Come on, it should be a common saying around here. 
What are you guys doing? In, what's your 20-year plan? Whatever Jesus is doing, that's what I'm doing. Well, I got my plans. Oh, I threw my plans out. You ever go to God with your plans? You've got them all written out, nice form, you know, hand them to him. It's like, oh, okay, throws it in the fire. But Lord, I came up with that. He said, look, before you were, I had a plan. <laughs> I love that thought. Oh, the revelation over the years has just gotten bigger and bigger and bigger. Before I ever got to this date, God stood here and went, hmm, Faith Family Church will be here. No, I'm not talking about before this building. I'm talking about before this building was built. Before Montana was a state, before Billings was a city, before Frederick Billings, I think that was the guy's name, the railroad guy ever came through. God knew that he would be here, Frederick Billings, that Billings would be here. He knew my dad, he knew he was going to appear to my dad on an airplane before we ever moved to Billings and tell him to move here because a move of God was going to happen here. Ta-da! And we're here on assignment from heaven and eternity past. And we are under an open portal because we're in faith. And God is saying, yes, my plans are received there. My wisdom, my understanding are received there. And it's like the Niagara Falls coming down out of heaven upon the people of God. And we're allowing it as gates to open up, as we open up to flow through us as witness to the world where we destroy and plunder hell and populate heaven. And along the way, all the situations that we're dealing with, all the rebellious children, the things that are going on that shouldn't be, they're around us and heaven is emanating out and we smell of heaven and demons are irritated daily. Yay! I love it! Why? Because we chose heavenly wisdom and understanding. Not man's way, but God's way. And it will continue to increase. Come on, who wants multiplied understanding? I do. I need it. I need it. I don't just need it for me. I need it for we. Don't you? There are situations that look terrible in, in people's lives in here. And I'm telling you, wisdom is going to come forth. And it, what looks like a Saul is going to turn into a Paul. God is so interested in the salvation of mankind that he'll show up personally and knock people out of their cars or off their donkeys. He, does, he will do it. And he'll go, today is the day of reckoning. Choose me or else. And we're going to see them choose him. Yeah. Amen. Whew. Feels good, thick in here, but good. I can tell y'all are going, whew, there's a lot to process here. <laughs> Thankfully, we all have an open door before the throne. You can go there yourself. Amen? Father, we thank you for tonight. We thank you for your word. We receive it. We thank you that as we continue to meditate and pray about these things, you'll continue to reveal. And Lord, we purpose to be not hearers only, but doers of your word. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for taking the time to listen today. If you would like more information about Faith Family Church, including service times and location, visit faithfamilybillings.com.